Nervous? Mm, sure. Anxious? Sure. Skeptical? Yes. If I bark like a dog every time someone says cat, I won't be very pleased. I imagine not. Welcome to Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Join me, your host Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. To get in contact with the show, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Hello, 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 hi, 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 and hello, goodbye. Welcome to another episode of Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. I am, of course, your host, Sam Wiles, and we are still well and truly aboard the Egypt Station Express, as it were, and for the foreseeable future, we shall stay there until, you know, tug of war arrives at the next one. And it's going to give us enough time to revel and enjoy having a brand new Paul McCartney album in our lives. I hope everyone had a merry old Christmas and or any other religious festivals that may have been taking place over said period. And I am wishing you the very happiest of New Year's, of course. This will be third, fourth, fifth or sixth Egypt Station episode we've had. Obviously with all those bumps and hurdles. It's very satisfying to see all of you with all of your downloads, your precious downloads and your precious interaction and emails from you guys in 2019. Yes, we're back on course. Paul or nothing is here to stay, at least till my next three-month absence. Woohoo! Hashtag best year ever. Now, today's main order of business is to talk about some more music videos. But Sam, haven't you just released an episode on Paul McCartney's music videos? Well, yes. Yes, I did. However, this episode essentially has been delayed, well, was delayed, until Paul got around to releasing the final music video on today's list. So the chips have fallen where they may, and we are now free to crack on with Macca's latest visual treat, or treats. And the samples we have here today are an interesting lot. I mean, for, for me at least. As I am, like I've always said, a massive fan of Paul McCartney's videography. I'm stuck there in the middle. And Paul has always had something unique and fun to offer visually, though... The jarring kind of surreal experience of moving from 1973 Paul McCartney music videography to 2016 Paul McCartney music videography is like nothing else. Most strikingly of all, it is odd to see how so many things are different with these new Paul McCartney videos and yet how much is exactly the same. Now for those of you who were paying attention, I did indeed say we... I will not be reviewing this on my own. No, of course not. The person I will be discussing 2018's offering of Paul McCartney music videos is a chap who we've had on this show before. He has graced us previously. He is the show's longest donating patron. He is a constant source for me to vent and talk aloud all of my Paul McCartney thoughts. He is a burgeoning future podcaster in his own right. And more importantly of all, he is a mahoosively eloquent and dedicated Paul McCartney fan in his own right. As a guest, he is one for whom I hope to have on this show more and more and more. And by gosh darn it, he deserves his own show as well. His name is Matt Phillips. And I'm going to introduce him properly after we've done the housekeeping on today's episode. Sorry folks, got to be the host here for a second. Housekeeping! Yes, this is a part of the show where we do our flogging, the plugging, and a little bit of chugging. The blog! Yes, Check out our oddly successful blog, which you can find at paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. The blog is basically the site B of this podcast, where the ideas for episodes are 
free to roam the world without fences, without boundaries, and can live life on their own. Any content that can't be yet turned into an episode or never can become an episode is placed on this blog. We cover everything from classic Maca albums, articles on the entire length of Wings oeuvre, and enough clickbait about Lennon and Linda to satisfy any Beetlehead. So yeah, if you want to see some more exclusive and even more of my Macca content, then go check it out at paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. Find us on Twitter as well for instant access to myself and the show. Follow our Twitter. You can find us at McCartneyPod. Essentially, it's the central hub of the show where I get to fuck with any Paul McCartney thought that comes into my mind and see how the community reacts to it. That's you. We do pictures, polls, irritating GIFs, occasional clickbait promo for the show, attempts at credible retweets to boost my profile, and anything else macker that catches my eye. Again, that handle is at McCartneyPod. For a more personal and intimate style of contact, though, please contact me slash the show, not Paul McCartney, I am not Paul McCartney, at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com, where you can inform me of any and everything macker any gigs you've been to, have you met the man, maybe you play his music, maybe you've exchanged a few words with someone who's worked with him, maybe you saw Paul McCartney slip on a banana peel, aka, what is your McCartney story? I love to read out any and all correspondence that you send me here on the show, so please pander to this particular segment of the podcast by chitting the chat at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube and Facebook simply by typing in Paul McCartney Pod or Paul or Nothing. You can find all of our episodes up there for free. Leave us a five-star iTunes review, whether you have a podcasting app or you're using iTunes or whatever. It really helps the show get boosted up in the listings. Most podcasts are actually based on their user reviews and their subscriptions, so they are far more important than you may actually imagine. So please leave a five-star review there. And finally... Just got to give a quick shout out to our Patreon. Yes, yes, another Patreon. I'm sure you all know what it is by now. But for those of you who don't, Patreon is a platform where you guys out there can help the content creator, aka me, by offsetting some of our financial woes, such as keeping the show online for free. Yes, there are no advertisements on Paul or nothing. I intend to keep it that way and I intend to keep the show for free. And if you want to help me with that, want to keep the lights running, want to hopefully see me get an even better mic than this one, then check out all of our donation malarkey at patreon.com slash mccartneypod. Right, I believe it's time that we talked about some music videos, don't you? Hello everyone, hello. I've already recorded that intro thing and now I am sat here with our aforementioned guest for today's episode. Go check out our previous chat on bonus episode number 20, I believe. But before you do, you will have to help me welcome him back onto the show for it is his dip, uh, difficult second album. Hello, Matt. Hello. Welcome back to the show. How have you been since our last episode? Yeah, hello, Sam. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me back. Yeah, I've been well. Thank you. Just happy to uh, happy to have kept up to date with the, with the podcast and uh, good to see you back, really. Good, thank you, man. Uh, I am, of course, glad to be back, but there is a backlog of a veritable dam of content ready to burst through here, so I'm glad that this is part of it, really. I'm, I'm really glad to uh, have you back on the show and get a sort of stable of extras that love talking about Paul as much as I do. But first, you know, most importantly, what are your thoughts on Egypt Station? Like, that is the big thing that has changed since we last spoke. Yeah, I thought I, I thought you might ask me this. Um, yeah, certainly enjoyable. I've, I found it to be, you know, a really in, enjoyable album. And um, 
I don't necessarily like all of it or I haven't had it on sort of, you know, kind of heavy repeat or anything like that. Okay. But there's a few few songs in particular that I think are really good. I guess, you know, for Paul to sort of, or, or anyone in there, any artist in their sort of in their 70s to release a, an album of original new material and for it to be as popular as it's been is like a massive, huge achievement. Even if you're Paul McCartney, I think that's still a massive achievement. Whether or not it'll sort of stand the test of time and people will still be kind of, you know, the same reaction about it in, in sort of 20 years' time, I'm not so sure. I don't know, really. It's hard to tell. But, uh, you know, it's, an, it's I still find it enjoyable. So, yeah. I do agree with that because I don't want this album to be the avatar of, yeah. of uh, Paul McCartney's career whereby there's just no lasting impact on society like 10 years down the line you know avatar two and three oh who cares really but whether it's egypt station is going to compare to chaos and creation in the backyard and driving rain and new that is the big question on everyone's mind really that is going to be an interesting one what were some of those songs that stood out to you though i quite like the sort of the sort of the mellower ish mellower kind of ones so like uh confidant hmm Happy with you? Yes, yes. Were, were the, the two that I sort of thought oh, actually they could. I thought that they could sit on pretty much any um, McCartney solo album. They'd they'd happily sit on on most of his albums and not and not seem out of place. And that's not to say I didn't enjoy the rest of them, but those two probably kind of um, struck a chord with me more than the others. Yeah, I kind of felt like the whole album had that edge of, like, all of these songs could have appeared on any other sort of McCartney album yeah, at, yeah. at any point, because he's kind of got to that point in his writing now where he's almost a homogenised version of himself now. Yeah. Have you had much time for the White Album remaster or the double bill of Wildlife and Red Rose Speedway we've had with the archives? Yeah, I've, with the White Album remaster, yes, I, I, I bought it, and um, mm. I was a little bit kind of... The, the reason why when they had the Sgt. Pepper remaster uh, yeah. remix not all of the tracks became available on streaming straight away so if you invested in the physical box set you you know mm-hmm. you, you had something a little bit more to show for it at least for like the past year yes. and I thought the same was going to happen with the White Album so like it's a lot of money to part with oh, and, then, no. and then like everything everything is immediately on streaming so I'm, I'm like <laughs> Okay, you know, I, I've got a, a CD player anyway, which, um, you know, occasionally when I get time, I, I, I can put the CDs on. But most of the time I'm listening to music on streaming. So I've ended up listening to most of it on there anyway. So I mean, you do get a nice book with it and everything. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I've, to be fair, you know, I've been really enjoying that. Yeah, I think they've done another sort of good job, really. And the Wildlife and Red Rose Speedway, I've listed Red Rose Speedway I have listened to. The remastered and, and all the bonus tracks and, and Wildlife not necessarily all the way through just a few bits and bobs but yeah again i think you know they've done a pretty good job i thought i like hearing the demos and all that kind of thing so it's it's there's always new stuff you know there's never anything that comes out if it's if it's new or or remastered or whatever if you're a mccartney or beatles fan yeah next up it's probably going to be the uh, back to the egg or london town or something like that yeah looking, looking forward to that it is funny you should mention the White Album on um, streaming and stuff, because not only did I have the whole double album of the White Album on Spotify straight away, but I was listening to Escher demos and Take 84 of Revolution <laughs> 9 and stuff. Like There was just nothing besides your wonderful little booklet, really, which um, 
I'm sure hopefully should be worth it. It's like it's like when you pre-ordered one, like one of those Xbox 360 games 10 years ago and it, you know it came with some sort of awful action figure or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean I've got the you've got like a uh, a surround mix in there as well which you know I don't own a surround system, but it's <laughs> it, it, you know I'm you know I could consider investing in one just to, to to listen to that, and I think there might be a documentary in there as well, which I haven't oh, cool. got round to round to watching. So yeah, it was it, you know like I say, I haven't really touched the actual physical box set so much um, as I did the Sergeant Pepper one because with with that one I wanted to immediately listen to all the um, all the tracks and and it's and the the White Evan one is a lot. A lot longer as well, I think, in terms of the extra tracks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, neither one had a particular great difference between either version that we've heard. I had to listen to both on vinyl this weekend, and nothing particularly stood out to me as like a great divergence. Like there was a couple of like brass moments here and there on the remaster that were kind of a bit pop. And there was a bit of guitar rework here and there, and yeah, particularly a few of the songs with the, with the bass and like the. Dear Prudence, I think, has um, sort of been elevated, in my opinion. Not that it wasn't a good song before, okay. but I think it's been, I think it's definitely improved with, with that sort of remix. I'll I'll have to go back to that one. Yeah, yeah, and the other ones that stood out for me were Mother Nature's Son. Yes, yeah, and Savoy Truffle was just a song which before I never really kind of would have would have probably not skipped, but weren't too keen on. And then, but I think it's really kind of got a new kind of lease of life, possibly. But yeah, oh, I just wish um, Sour Milk Sea and Circles was on that album now because those were two really cool George songs that I wish would have made the cut as well. Yeah, definitely. Get rid of uh, Wild Honey Pie. Maybe get rid of Good Night as well. Sorry, Ringo. Possibly even get rid of Don't Pass Me By as well. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, yeah. That's uh, not a great. <laughs> not even a 2018 remaster could save that one, unfortunately. No, you got to wonder. Yeah, I don't know whether or not kind of George was. What I have heard about Sam Oxy was that he was sort of intentionally holding that one back for Jackie Lomax, who ended up recording it. It's a good version, yeah. But yeah, but it's. You know, I but I have heard someone's done a bit of a um a bit of a splicing together with George's demo vocals. Uh, onto the backing track of the oh, okay. Jackie Lomax version. That's cool. So yeah, it is pretty cool, and it does give you a bit of a insight into what it would have sounded like. But it's pretty intense, kind of fan stuff, really, to go that far to <laughs> to listen to what a song might have sounded like. My white whale is still to find that 11 or 12 or 14 minute version of check my machine i found a 10 minute cut but i know there's a slightly longer one somewhere and i and, yeah. I, and I will find it 
There is no end to Beatles bootlegs on YouTube, folks. You could really find a well, uh, a deep well of a stuff. I found a, a very strange get back bootleg called white power and it's called the most controversial beatles bootleg ever made and it features the controversial alternate lyrics to get back yes i think i heard that one yeah yeah and it has another song called like it's a jam called white power and then there's a song called commonwealth which is like an enoch powell song right so i'm definitely gonna have to do an episode on that now it's just one of those things where like whenever i'm exposing myself to a new content i'm like ah. This is going to delay Pipes of Peace again. Oh, God. Here we we go. So, Matt, being that this is going to be a music video episode, I'm going to quickly, like, double-check that, you know, you are up for the job. Is this an art form that you're kind of familiar with? Are you a fan of music videos? At least with, like, the Beatles and McCartney and stuff like that? Yeah, I am. I can't say I'm hand on heart. I'm familiar with all of McCartney's sort of uh, video... um, I don't know whether you call it discography or videography. Or videography that's one. Um, that's what my episodes, uh, the Paul McCartney. I know, vid- I know. Uh, yeah, vid- I know. Video for, a, of course, you know. They are. They are. They, they are the, the perfect accompaniment. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Obviously, you know. I, yeah, I do like music videos. Probably, you know, more so when there's a bit of booty shaking. Yeah, I know. I... When it was like, <laughs> yeah, when it was like empty. MTV was like pretty much the only place that you you know before the days when the internet sort of ruled everything. I, I guess I when they were watched, special, yeah, yeah, watch watch more videos on the actual music channels and things like Top of the Pops and that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't really go to. I'll only sort of go to YouTube or a video channel for music if it's like a particular, like you say, like a like a demos or, or bootlegs that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. Um. So I don't usually listen to my music on video streaming sites but um i have been aware of the recent mccartney videos and and i've you know some of them i've made a special effort to watch uh, especially for this so well a lot of them were on facebook as well mccartney's yeah, vid- yeah. videography was actually bursting into my general world circle which was quite a little a little shock for me it wasn't even from people from the various paul mccartney facebook groups either it was just random people i knew saying sam have you seen this i was like wow actual paul mccartney content being shown to me by normal people i couldn't believe it (laughs) but obviously paul's videography does stretch back to those early beatles promotional clips and stuff like obviously rain and paperback writer yeah penny lane strawberry fields obviously the magical mystery tour and then all of them and all of the actual films as well it does give him this kind of on-screen grandiosity that's that's pretty much baked in you know he walks on screen like thanos with all five of infinity gems you know he just <laughs> he means business are oh, there five or six i feel really silly now um <laughs> when paul walks on screen there is this baked in grandiosity and for me there's a certain reverence whenever i approach any of his video like material because i am grateful for it in the way that i'm grateful for all of his music and Paul's obviously eager as ever still at 76 to not only make music, but still make all of these videos as well. And we know from the Magical Mystery Tour that maybe if Paul has too many ideas, that that should be reined in. And we've got a lot of different directors today and a lot of different people working on these projects for him. 
But the big push is that this is from Capital. You know, they're really trying to push him online. There were loads of YouTube videos. You know, Paul McCartney answers the questions that Google and Paul McCartney goes on James Corden and Paul McCartney yeah. goes on Jimmy Kimmel and Paul McCartney goes on this and that. And there was this massive internet push. And like you say, you don't go to MTV, the channel now. You go to YouTube. Uh, Metallica put all of their content on YouTube now as well. And obviously, Paul is going to be following suit. Paul is going to be putting this slew of material out. And a lot of it was pretty good. You know, my opinions on carpool karaoke aside, <laughs> it was very nice to see Paul in the modern media sphere, as it were. He's still the kind of same charming guy he ever was. But would he would he be able to put out a similarly interesting video output Egypt Station was meant to connect to this new audience at the same time as appeasing the old one, you know, kind of in theory. I'm not yeah. sure whether it really did that. Paul's baked-in audience is big enough to take it to number one, regardless of a new fan base anyway. So we'll never really know if those numbers worked. But let's dive in. Matt, if you were the head of Capital and you were told that you had to make three or four music videos for Egypt Station, would you have picked today's songs, or would you have picked three other ones? Uh, interesting. Um, I mean, definitely For You and Come On To Me, I guess, were definitely sort of the standout ones that were probably going to be sort of single material. Palatable, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I can understand, like, wanting a song to accompany those. Who cares? And back in Brazil, yeah, I don't know really. I who would have thought that back in Brazil was going to get a video? I, yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah. never, I, I never thought that. I never thought that. God no. No, I mean, um, maybe just to kind of show um, a bit of a, a different dimension to the album, perhaps from the other from the other tracks that were selected and already had videos on. Yeah, it's an interesting one, really, because it depends what you want from the video, really, because if you're going to have a single anyway, then you're going to want a video to accompany it to promote it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you'd have thought, you know, you'd be looking at picking songs which were maybe naturally lend themselves to a video that kind of maybe tell a story or something like that, I suppose. So, yeah, difficult one to think about, really. I was going to say, as we will see, we back in Brazil, they will literally tell the story of the yeah. song, but uh, more on that one later. I guess I really would have thought that, despite repeated warnings, was going to get a video just to kind of go with the moderate clickbait ability that that would have entailed. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That track got a, a lot of attention in the reviews and all, all that kind of thing when the when the album came out. So yeah, you would have thought that maybe they would have anticipated that and and maybe jumped on the back of of that sort of uh, popularity, maybe, but. Yeah, because obviously Fergie was very wisely chosen. Uh, Fergie was was obviously going to be a single, but also going to be talked about in the media outside of Paul McCartney fans as well. Oh my God, he's made this naughty song. And the video that went along with it, as we're going to get onto shortly, kind of suitably had that cheeky charm as well. But it wasn't the first thing that was released. The first thing that was released was was very strange. Um the first thing that was released was a, a duo. It was two, quote-unquote, big, heavy finger signs when I'm doing this, Matt, uh, music videos. Uh, <laughs> they are both extremely similar, so we're going to cover them both at the same time. And they are the lyric videos for Come On To Me and I Don't Know. 
So Matt, cast your mind back to a, a, couple, a couple of months ago when you first heard those murmurings online that the first single for Egypt Station was just pulling over the horizon, and we're you know we're all excited to hear some brand new McCartney material, and then things get a little bit closer to the date, and then it's revealed that it's a double A side, which is just a very unique concept in 2018 alone, and it's I don't know and come on to me, and. It's kind of you know hard to picture a world pre-Egypt station now. But I remember just having this gruelling double shift at work and I come home, I open my Mac and there are these thumbnails just staring at me with this Egypt station artwork and I'm, I'm really buzzed. I'm like, yep, yeah, cool, this is going to be some great artwork that's hiding proper music videos underneath. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, I was wrong. Uh, Matt, do you want to describe what these videos are? Yeah, effect, well, I mean, effectively, it's like, obviously, an accompaniment to the music, which use, uses some kind of animated um, Egypt Station artwork, and basically, it's kind of like a weird kind of karaoke video, almost, um, <laughs> where, it, where it shows you the, the, the lyrics in the different, um, within the different artwork and the kind of... Stickers, yeah. Type, yeah, typefaces and the, and the little the graphic things of the Egypt Station artwork. So, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. I mean, it, it's kind of like... A video for the sake of, as we were talking earlier, for the sake of just having something to put on video streaming sites. Yeah. Because they know that people are going to go there to listen to their music on them. It was certainly the pre-buzz for Egypt Station. Like, this isn't an actual music video. It's almost like, you know when you get a, like, a teaser trailer for a film? It's the trailer yeah. for the trailer. This is the trailer for the trailer for Egypt Station. This was our very first content for this album. And I do remember a bit of a buzz around these videos. They got a lot of views very, very quickly. It is just the literal album cover, but they move slightly, and those stickers, like you say, flash on screen, and you can sing along. I wasn't singing along when I first watched them. I was kind of laughing. Uh, I do remember not liking these at all for what they were or the music on them. I've certainly warmed to the music more, but yeah... uh, I think a lot of my uh, sour taste has been left on these because I was I was very disappointed that Paul, with all of his resources at his disposal, would still choose to not at least give I don't know a proper video that that could have been something really solemn and and uh, black and white. Yeah, uh, we got something that we'll talk about soon for uh, Come On to Me. Oh yeah, that's the thing. I'm wondering whether I mean surely they I, I'm presuming that they would have had those videos done by then anyway. So, I mean, I wonder if it was like a sort of a conscious decision to, well, no, we're not going to show you the Come On To Me videos because they wanted that to, to, we'll see later, become like a separate hope, you know, they were hoping maybe for it to be a separate viral thing. But like, if you're going to put out the songs prior to promote the album, then like have a video ready. I would have thought. <laughs> well, if you go onto Paul McCartney's YouTube now, you will find the entirety of Egypt Station is just on YouTube for free now. Yeah. So the fact that they haven't done a video like this for all of them seems like a bit of a, of a missed opportunity as well, just for completionist's sake. 
surely on an archive edition re-release that they should surely get, uh, get onto. But yeah, it's all just rinse and repeat, really. You're just horses, trains, people, impressionistic landscapes. They are literally the same bar the actual lyrics that change for, for either song. But I wonder if this was just put out purely as a bit of a panic thing. Maybe they felt like there just wasn't enough buzz on Twitter and YouTube and in the community, so they just kind of whipped this up quickly. I guess, yeah, and I guess the other thing is, is that if you put it on those platforms then it's probably easier for people to share and and it yes. kind of is maybe a bit easier for people to share on on social media sites and it'll actually pop up with a little you know video to play in there so maybe maybe that was the thinking behind it but um well you share i don't know with with your mom and you share come on to me with your friends you know they've definitely got those two types of audiences covered hmm. trying to introduce mccartney to the facebook generation is a very scary thought but this was everywhere, quite surprisingly for me. It was definitely um, a different kind of, of kind of marketing campaign that went into this. You could see they were really, really ramping up. And, and the one thing I noticed was that they kept bringing out special kind of limited edition merchandise, yes. which you could buy, which happened to come with a digital download of the album. Mm. So it's effectively a way of selling you the album and in boosting the album sales. Uh, and just because of people want, pe- they know that people are going to want to get the the sort of the merchandise. So I'm sure there's people out there who probably got maybe two or three copies of the album because they probably <laughs> downloaded it, or, you know, or, or bought it on yeah. the, the final edition. Then then have got it on a download, and then have also bought some merchandise which came with a free free copy. So it's quite a clever thing, really, because I'm, I'm sure that that helped to spread um, the love. Yeah, yeah, and get it up the you know the part of the reason why it probably got to. Number one in the in the US. Well, it's like when you find out a film that, like you know, it had the highest opening weekend ever, but the weekend was open from Wednesday till the following Monday. And like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, I see how that kind kind of works. But I can't imagine anyone being upset with a free copy of Egypt Station being passed on either. Though I do know a lot of people who also would would have. They bought the vinyl standard edition, the vinyl deluxe edition, and then the coloured edition, and then like yeah. the coloured deluxe edition as well. So again, that would definitely push it up the charts as well. These videos now, as little nostalgic Egypt station nuggets, they probably work better now than when they did as marketing implements, I'd argue. Just as kind of cute little alternative ways to get this music on YouTube. It is better than just one of those awful Comic Sans lyric music videos. You know, <laughs> this does make your eye move across the screen a little bit and has a different unique sticker each time. So there's a little bit of artwork in there. Uh, at least I don't just have to read someone's awful typography. More stuff like this could be done for Paul. Like I say, I'd like to see the whole of the of the album done like this, but. Maybe if this is the best way for us to get these sneak peeks of McCartney videos, then we're going to see something like this for whatever Egypt Station 2 is going to be. But this isn't the last one we're going to hear from Come On To Me. We're technically going to have one, two, three, four more music videos to talk about in this next segment. We just talked about two. We're now going to talk about four. We are doubling down. Because Paul couldn't just sit on Come On To Me. He knew that there was something delightfully commercial and poppy there and I saw you flash a smile 
That seemed to me to say You wanted so much more than casual conversation I swear I caught a look He couldn't contain himself to just one three-minute clip. And we've got, come on to me, Team Fred, who's a security guard. We've got hashtag Team Ali, who's a fast food vendor in a trailer. And we have hashtag Team Elsa, uh, whose name was totally not chosen for clickbait Disney reasons, <laughs> who's a nighttime cleaner. And this is going to be one of the three videos where, where we see a push for viewing normal people. We don't see Paul at all in any of these three slash four videos. Paul is not in any of them. We just see these people dancing in their day-to-day -day jobs. And each of them are solo in their solo video. And then in the final video, the kind of official Come On To Me video, all three of these people are kind of intercut together. We get to see that amalgamated and see them all singing and dancing together in their kind of humdrum, miming through their day-to-day -day work routine. It is kind of charming, but man, my gosh. If you slightly think that the final version of this video is tedious, then just go and watch one of the solo versions, because, <laughs> man, I was not really behind this hashtag Team Elsa, hashtag Team Ali, hashtag Team Fred thing, because each of these solo videos were, were kind of very calculated in their own way, I felt. I'm not going to go into the details, but... Each of these videos had a particular market that they were appealing to. And I think Team Fred won by quite a landslide in the end. For obvious reasons, he was obviously the most funny. But I didn't feel like many people would be getting too involved with watching Come On To Me three times and then choosing which one they liked the most. The views kind of showed that. Obviously, people kind of clicked the Team Fred one the one that was trending the most, and then just went with that one. And then the final video for Come On To Me, the views for that one are kind of lagging because everyone kind of was eaten up by these first waves. It's just people dancing, isn't it, Matt, really? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's a bit like they kind of... They clearly started with the premise of, oh, we're going to do something that... Or we're going to, you know, to try and get... Engage with people and, and get them to sort of vote on which one's their favourite and then realise that probably realised that they had to actually then go and make all these videos and make them kind of interesting. But yeah, there's, there's <laughs> only so of, long. Kind of, yeah. At least if you're going to do it, then they could have made it interesting with the kind of visual environment where it was filmed in. You know, there's only so long that he's going to retain your interest watching a bloke dancing in a kebab van, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and, you know, okay, once you get past that initial oh that's you know cool that he's singing a, yeah. an, an entertaining amusing person doing a doing a funny dance and then and then beyond that it's kind of like okay you kind of almost found myself sort of tempted just to skip forward a bit just to see if there was like a twist or oh i'm any sorry kind of story any sorry. kind of story to it or something like that but no it's uh yeah i can see what they're trying to do but um as a kind of an interesting thing in itself didn't really get me enthusiastic behind it to be honest yeah, like if I was doing like some Paul McCartney confession and like someone confessed me a Paul McCartney sin, I'd be like, okay, go and watch three hashtag Team Elsas and two <laughs> hash, uh, hashtag Team Allies because they really are a lame Red Rose Speedway level of embarrassing cringe uh, for me. <laughs> uh, 
you know, I'm a man who loves Come On To Me. I'm a man who has been converted to adore Come On To Me. I think it's got a delightfully cheesy charm to it. But, oh my gosh, there's just nothing of, of any substance, nothing to grip you at all, like you say. You've got this security guard. Couldn't we have had him in a variety of shops in an, an entire supermarket? And they do do that to some degree, but they, they don't do anything remotely interesting in it, like in a kind of Dawn of the Dead fashion, where they really, really no. rape the environment. And then a woman working in a hotel cleaning or like an, an office cleaning, there's definitely more you could do with that. But again, it's like they hired people who could pull funny faces than are good dancers. These people don't feel like they're proper dancers for a music video. They're almost like the mates of the director who made this. Yeah, I did read somewhere that, that they were kind of, they were first time actors, basically. That they, they, They'd never done anything um, prior to this. Yeah, you can tell, you can um, tell. <laughs> I mean, I, I just wonder whether kind of a better setup would have been like actually maybe have Paul in the video, you know, judging a kind of Britain's Got Talent style thing where the, where the three of them are up dancing oh, and, and okay. then sort of maybe, you know, at least then you get him in the video uh, and, and then at least we only have to sit through one <laughs> one video rather than three of them. But oh. yeah, it's... Um, this is going to be a running theme though, isn't it? You know, the idea of I wish Paul was in the video. Yeah, yeah, He's definitely. painfully not in it. And like, maybe if like Paul was like, you know... Also cleaning in the office briefly in a, a couple of shots, just like... Yeah, with, cameo, cameo uh, role. A hoover, that's, that's, that's it's got a hoover. Yeah, definitely, that's all it needed, or, you know, buying a... But buy the kebab! <laughs> but it's like a veggie kebab, and... Yeah. Or, like, you know, he, he orders a kebab, he, he gets him a meat one, and Paul goes, no, 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 and, like, it's like it's like a, a little... Yeah, then you could, and then you could do a meat-free Monday, uh, you know... Meat? ...thing in there as well, so... Mondays. No meat Mondays. The worst video online. <laughs> that that short thirty second video is going to have a, a four hour episode dedicated to it. I, <laughs> I really, I, I really can't describe my uh, hatred for that bit of McCartney content. I do feel like there was an attempt to make it feel like you know the dude looks like a lady sequence from Mrs Doubtfire. Yeah, where uh, the late the great Robin Williams is dancing in full costume whilst hoovering. There was an an attempt, especially with the hashtag Elsa video, to kind of capture that everyday rock and roll joy. And I know Paul would definitely be behind the concept of this video, and uh, especially in the way that they've incorporated everyday people into the world of McCartney. That is this kind of theme for Egypt Station again, hiding McCartney. Perhaps there's an element of are they hiding? Paul to make this appeal to a modern audience and you know a, a 12 to 14 YouTube clickbait audience perhaps that doesn't want to see an old bloke yeah was hashtag Fred your favorite as well um yeah I mean he was probably it was probably the least boring of the three and a kind of although um also kind of Fred and Ali kind of you had the feeling that they were kind of sort of just dancing by themselves you know what I mean whereas Elsa was definitely playing up for the camera I was a lot more aware that there was a camera there if you know what I mean you know not to not to kind of analyze them too much but yeah probably I mean Fred was the first one that I watched and so Mm -hmm. you know I'll go with that because when I realized that the other two were pretty much the same kind of thing really then uh, then it was just a case of well okay you you win Fred (laughs) Yeah, the final video where it's all kind of compiled and amalgamated together does have a certain cheesy, dorky, 
joy to it all. It does bring a, a, cert, a certain grin to my face, and it is great to see an official 2018 Paul McCartney music video. Well, we are in 2019 now, but regardless. This could have been so much more over the top, and it could have had a, like a memeness to it and clickbaitiness to it that I felt could have made it a little more dynamic. Like, if this was done by OK Go, this would be something spectacular. But instead, we have what seems to be, so far, a very cheap Paul McCartney media push. We've had a bit of South Park animation where bits of cardboard and paper have moved. And we've had three people dancing in front of a Nokia camera. Not the uh, the great kind of Penny Lane putting pianos in a field push that I feel that we kind of should have had by now. No, definitely not. I mean, to be honest with you, well, we'll get into the others in a bit. But I mean, there's only one that to me that kind of... Feels proper. Yeah, feels proper and feels like there was... well. You could say effort. You could say effort. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, effort and just like you know, a, a, an actual oomph, visual, a, 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 you know, a visual um, enjoyment as opposed to in its own right, as opposed to just okay, this is just an excuse to listen to the song. A really important thing to point out with a concept like this is that you don't need to have anything fantastic. You can just have someone dancing. Like, just look at Weapon of Choice, uh, Fatboy Slim. It's just Christopher Walken, but it's got dynamic camera movements, stylized editing, unique choreography, yeah. and, like, you know, he's on wires and stuff. And, you know, they're not comparatively budgeted or anything, but Paul definitely could fund something like that. And just seeing something creative and ingenuitive would have been a bit more satisfying. They're fun for what they are, but I kind of get more enjoyment just from the lyric videos than these, really. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Which is a shame, which is, is a shame because <laughs> I've had to watch these quite a few times to write my notes. And by God, do these lose their charm by the second time you watch these. <laughs> it's, it, if it's got to be like an office Christmas party dance to them. Like, I'm not sure if these people, you know, no disrespect to their efforts, but it's not, it, it's not going to be the highlight of their careers. I hope it's not the highlight of their careers anyway. Speaking of highlights of careers... We have one of Paul's most enigmatic songs of recent years. We have Fur You, and it had a delightful music video. On the night that I met you, I just want to know how you feel. I want to love the Matt, can you remember back when people actually thought that this song was supposed to be like controversial or offensive or something? I'm sure that that, that was a thing at one point. Yeah, it, it kind of lasted for a couple of minutes. Yeah, didn't it? yeah. And, then, and then and then and then it was kind of like, oh, okay. It would have probably been a bit of a more of a cheesier thing to do, you know, that lyric if it had been like a, a, a less catchy song. But it's actually, I think, a good pop song. So probably just about got away with it. But you know. Fair play for doing that in the uh, you know in your in your kind of your seventies. But yeah, it's funny you say that about the video. I wasn't overly t- taken aback by it. It starts with this like kind of twenty second little uh, scene set with a young couple, uh, like literally like twelve or thirteen, on what looks like a very like deprived council estate, uh, and they kiss, 
and then not just before the you know the mum's girl calls her inside and scolds the boy and sends him on his way home the girl does the old call me hand signal that only people on tv do and then the rest of the video is just this kind of tracking shot of basically this young lad making his way home through the area that he lives and there are these vignettes of like people going about their everyday lives and he mimes the lyrics of for you the lyrics of a man six times his age and it ends with him getting home and then like we hear that he's listening to fur you on his radio which is probably the most unrealistic part of the entire thing <laughs> bam dumb it's simple it's nothing that flashy it's kind of this is england meets angela's ashes meets billy elliot it's a very weird black and white aesthetic that I don't know whether that matches the kind of bold, colourful nature of the song at all. It's it's a very interesting concept for the video. Again, incorporating that kind of unique, normal people element that they're kind of going for with these ones. But I can tell you, you I can tell you, you've got thoughts on this one, Matt. So yeah, I just go ahead. Yeah, I just kind of thought, you know, when I um, again before before watching it again before I came to do this. There was a kind of couple of kind of reviews that I saw from when it first came out. It's like saying, "Oh, it's a, you know, there's this kind of heartwarming narrative in the video," and I'm kind of watching it, thinking, "Well, I, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know, can't even, I can't really see where the narrative is. Really, it's like, okay, I get it. He's with a girl at the beginning, and, and they're obviously uh, in love or whatever, and then he, and then he, and then he walks home, basically." <laughs> is your heart not warmed? Is your heart um, not warmed? Uh, from I, that? I, I got, I, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't that I didn't find it sweet, but it was. It, but there was no, there was no narrative. I, there, I was, there was no real story or, or anything like that that I could see, other than it's kind of felt to me like someone at the last minute thought, "Oh, God, we've got to shoot that Paul McCartney video today. Quick, get get it in the street and 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 walk for ten minutes, and uh, and we'll and we'll film you in black and white." <laughs> Did you know who the director of this video is? No, this away. as well. That I looked this up, and this is um, I actually can't. I didn't write the guy's name down, but it's um, it's Paul's son-in-law. Oh fucking hell, really? Yeah, Mary McCartney's husband is the director of this video, and so yeah, I kind of it's not like a bad video, or but um, I didn't really, and like you say, I didn't really felt that it suited the song, and almost given that the kind of the double entendre of the lyric. I sort of thought, oh, is it appropriate to have these children? <laughs> it, was, it was slightly jarring, a little bit jarring kind of thing. You'd have thought that maybe something, that, that kind of video would have suited a grittier or, you know, more kind of melancholic, wistful song, perhaps. Well, we've had high, high, high. Paul likes his double entendres and he likes being cheeky and giving us a wink and a nod and a cheeky grin and... This song was supposedly meant to be controversial, and I kind of like how the video, after that kind of quote-unquote day-long controversy had settled down, we did have this kid performing the lip-sync, which, you know, was kind of slightly naughty and cheeky in its own way. But if you look at the lyrics officially, legally, in a court of law, it does say, for you. So there's not much you can do about it really so no no fair <laughs> enough um i say i, I just when I, when I was envisaging this song I'm, I'm thinking of like carney driving around in a cadillac in la 
ogling ogling the birds <laughs> um, that would be a probably a much a much funnier version i'm I, i'm kind of picturing him in a scarface miami type setting um, yeah i've just found the guy's name his name is, his name is simon about or Abood, that's it yeah and he did the video for queenie eye have you seen the video for queenie eye all ah, right okay yeah yeah I, yeah that's a really good one but it's another one with johnny depp and i'm like paul stop working with johnny He's gone now. He's been struck from the uh, Hollywood Illuminati. You know, he's. Uh... I'm sure it has nothing to do with being married to Paul's daughter or anything like that. But... <laughs> cough, 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 or anything like that. So, unlike who cares though, I kind of felt like the black and white imagery was pointless, and who cares uses black and white in a, a colourful way. Uh, which which sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, but you'll see when we actually get to that. Mm. I didn't know why it had to be in black and white. For you, really, could have been something cheesy and over the top, something along the lines of the video for No More Lonely Nights with lots of fireworks and stuff like that. A proper cold a, a Coldplay music video because it, it is a Coldplay song. Yeah, definitely. Like the production of the song and everything is like a really, to me, a you know modern sounding pop song that you'd expect someone in their early twenties, teenager pop star to be sort of releasing. So, um, I, yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a much more kind of like you say, colourful um, video. It's good for what it is. Again, feels quite cheap. Again, where is an, another proper Paul McCartney video? We don't have Paul in this. It feels kind of. Not rushed, but when you said it almost feels like Paul rang up Simon Abood on the day and went, So, uh, Simon, uh, do you have the uh, video ready? Oh, shit, we got shit face on LSD for two weeks. We've got to think of something. Let's just have a kid sing the song on the way home. But there's plenty of those kind of examples of those of videos with just people walking or whatever, I'm sure, but that actually have a kind of more of a narrative in the sense that you know you know it'll tell a bit more of a story or you know he gets so many realizes that he's forgotten something and and you know there's some some element of humor to it or, or something like that yeah he has to like run back or yeah yeah whereas this or you know or you know starts to rain or something like that whereas this was just no he, he literally he's just walking home <laughs> yeah you know what you're right there is just not that second step to give it a gimmick you know there's there's a, a perfect setting but no hook Speaking of perfect setting, though, we're going to move to the last of our little awkward videos, shall we say, with Back in Brazil. We are now south of the border, as it were. Back in Brazil, there lives a girl, dreams of the future and a far, far better world. Like we mentioned earlier, neither of us thought that back in Brazil, of all songs, would be getting a music video. This was not a single. I do believe Who Cares eventually did become an official single release. I know we haven't been doing much of a song-by-song review at this point, but was Back in Brazil a song that was one of your stronger ones on Egypt Station? Um, not particularly. Okay. Um, didn't didn't sort of stand out for me, uh, you know, immediately as being one which I you know, was sort of drawn to, you know, when I kind of became aware that there was a <clears throat> video to it, I, the, the song, the melody or anything didn't 
suddenly popped back into my head and you know when I when I sort of thought well I'm gonna have to take another look at it so um yeah no I didn't find it particularly memorable put it like that oh see I can definitely just picture it now you know they do 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 like that was probably one of the songs that resonated with me the most when I first listened to oh, okay. Station. so with that being said my expectations were very high because I, I absolutely loved Back in Brazil I fell in I fell in love with it it is an odd song, but I I kind of expected it to have a very well done, well shot, imaginative video, and it was almost too much for me to handle when I saw that it was actually going to be done and it was there and, and and there was a thumbnail. I clicked it, and you know the opening few shots do live up to that somewhat. We have these lovely shots of brazil and these swooping cameras and everyone's beautiful and the terrain and the colors are all so vibrant and then it delves into one of my big pet peeves one of the great sins of the music video world which is just to tell the story of the lyrics literally beat for beat and this is just a direct transposition of a visualization of the lyrics on screen and it is the most literal on the nose telling of the of of the story yeah you know back in brazil she makes a date he had to cancel because she got in working late you can bet your ass there's a, a shot of a girl looking at a watch outside of a venue follow her shots of her date and his boss arguing in a kebab shop oddly enough again <laughs> there's a kebab theme running here you know holding his hands above his head but i gotta go oh and it it doesn't end there you know it is just on the nose shot by shot retelling of this whole thing the only thing that back in Brazil the song doesn't mention is back in Brazil uh, she goes to a gig and sees Paul McCartney and sees yeah. him live and gets on stage. That bit totally caught me off guard. Oh my god, we actually get to see Paul finally. Oh, and he's not playing the song that we're listening to now. He's not miming it correctly. He brings the girl on stage for some reason and they still don't play back in Brazil. Like, I thought maybe they were going to intercut with it a bit more. That would have been a little bit more interesting. Like, yeah. like this big gig. Like, it could have started with Paul on stage playing back in Brazil live. But the big problem is Paul doesn't play this song live. So the idea of incorporating Paul live into this video felt like a bit of a misstep. And the song ends kind of abruptly which means the video ends kind of abruptly and that ends without a bit of a, of a flow as well um besides like the scenery was there much in this that caught your eye at all no not particularly other than the fact that sort of you know like you say it's but it's a night you know it's a kind of nice surprise that the pool's in it and i kind of i don't know i just felt that maybe this this song i felt would have been better suited to that kind of a more kind of graphic style of the lyric videos, uh, or, yeah. you know, not not exactly not exactly a lyric video, but or something along using the artwork of Egypt Station, you know, and, and that kind of uh, you know the c- colourful artwork and, and that kind of thing, really. But no, like you say, other, other than that, yeah, it's pretty much a retelling of the story, and it's like you you've seen it if you once you you've seen it once. No real desire to go back and and, <laughs> yeah, and watch it yeah. um, again, really. Other than the fact that she's kind of like on a whim decides to go and watch Paul McCartney kind of that day, you know, where she I don't know, she's suddenly like coming coming come to coming to some money or something. To, you know, seats right at the front of the stage as well, and then being invited on stage. Fair few grand, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, she'd have to be absolutely minted, you know. She's dodging the Zika virus in these favelas and she's got enough to go to to go and see Paul. It's a very idealised world. I honestly would have preferred something along the lines of Michael Jackson's They Don't Really Care About Us, which was shot on location in Brazil. Uh, it was done with 110% more effort. It's Michael with hundreds of extras and musicians in Brazil. It's got the culture, but Jackson's also front and centre as well, kind of all of his history notwithstanding it's a fucking great video i cannot physically watch this back in brazil video without like fidgeting or itching because i just can't not get bored from watching it i just feel like the director of this made this video just to prove how beautiful people in brazil are yeah pretty much you, you could quite you could quite as easily have had like a, a montage of people playing beach volleyball <laughs> and, and you know on on Copacabana or whatever and it would have been as you know fulfilling yeah. enjoyable experience to watch you know which is a shame isn't it actually I hope it doesn't sound like we're being too harsh here but um they are fine for what they are all of these and it is cool to see up you know an Egypt station playlist exist but even compared to some of the terrible wings output some of this feels a little bit lacking yeah I mean I think especially given the video that we'll talk about in a minute when you know if they are all of a kind of a um, slightly mediocre standard then you could probably accept it a bit more i suppose but if, you, if you're going to do it then you, you you have got to sort of kind of live up to the expectations really so even if it you know falls a little bit short like i say it's, it's great just to see any content to be honest with you we're all delighted to see the videos but some of them work better than others i guess i guess that's going to be the running theme alongside the theme of i wish paul was inside these videos more I did find the colour palette quite striking with Back in Brazil. You know, the kind of opening 30 seconds, like I say, when it was a little bit more picture book, a little bit more conceptual, a little bit more montage focused, was something that I could have been a bit more happy with. And like you say, maybe if it just went to shots of the street and fast cars and favelas and people playing beach volleyball and clubs yeah. and stuff, and just kept it very, very loose. Well, like I was saying earlier about the kind of having a bit of a story to it, it could have been at the end, like she's telling him that she met Paul McCartney and he's... In the video, it's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. But in real life, you think, no, nah, shut up. You didn't meet Paul McCartney. And it would be better to have him like not believe in her. Exactly. And then, <laughs> and, and then she goes to walk along the street and then there's Paul saying hello to her or something like that. And then and the guy's dumbfounded, you know, something with a bit of a, uh, at least a little bit of a twist in the a tail. Stinger, would yeah. Probably, yeah, it would have worked a bit better, I think. Or maybe, you know, she gets in a limo with Paul and they all drive off, but I'm sure Paul doesn't want to promote that kind of behaviour anymore. It's like it's like <laughs> Ringo, please don't send me your shit anymore. I'm not gonna sign it. No more, please. Peace and love, peace and love. Yeah, I guess I guess Paul was just uh, you know, there obviously they filmed that as part of the part of the gig when he was in Brazil and, and that was the only time he had to, to do it, I guess. Quickly, get on stage, quick, she's got to dance with him. <laughs> Do you actually want me to play the song that the video's for? Nah, Paul, just play Paperback Writer. It'll totally work. <laughs> it'll it'll totally work. But yeah, honestly, it's far too paint-by-the-numbers to be bearable for me. The editing's quite choppy as well. It doesn't hold much interest whatsoever. Now, we're going to move on to the lion's share of today's content. We can slow things down a little now. We're going to talk about Who Cares with Emma Stone. Who 
This is the Paul McCartney ode to Taylor Swift and bullying everywhere. Even though the song, the first ten times I listened to it, didn't indicate that to me whatsoever. This is the, the video for Who Cares. First things first, Matt. Are you an Emma Stone fan? Have you seen many Emma Stone performances at all? Um, I'm aware, yeah, aware of her as a as an actress. Can't say I've seen masses of her films, or that I've seen masses of films anyway recently. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, definitely aware of her, and you know she's a really good actress. And I think it's kind of video that could still been as good if it had been an, a kind of an unknown actress. Mm-hmm. But uh, having her in it definitely kind of elevates it. To, to be in a really good video, I thought. It definitely improves the hashtag ability as well. Like, oh my God, yeah. have you seen Emma Stone in Paul McCartney's latest music video? It's crazy. Because uh, she, as an actress, has had a bit of a pedigree push at the moment, you know, from her kind of humble zombie land beginnings. And now she's doing La La Land and The Favourite and Birdman. So she's really coming up. And what more pedigree can you get than a Paul McCartney music video? So let's do a a little preamble because there are two parts to this music video, two very, very different beasts. And the opening is my favourite part. And we we have a cold open on a door. We can hear like some rain outside. In bursts Emma Stone. She's clearly drenched and using like a newspaper as an umbrella. And she comes into Paul McCartney's office and has a little dialogue with him just quickly back back and forth a little bit of banter here and there and then paul kind of hypnotizes her she goes into the dream world we'll talk about that dream world later and then after that she comes back paul is gone and he's just left her a note saying don't forget your umbrella which is her newspaper so matt first impressions what did you think of the short film prologue segment of this music video did you find it a little bit embarrassingly nerdy or did you find it kind of charming in its own little way yeah f- first of all i was like oh god paul's acting okay maybe here we go sort of thing um you know what's it gonna uh but actually yeah it is kind of quite charming i think in a funny way and it kind of like it looks a bit like dumbledore in his office there with all his uh, <laughs> things around him and his, uh, and his flowing locks but yeah it's i just like to see paul in any description and the fact that he's there doing a bit of acting again is uh is, is a little added bonus i think and he definitely doesn't give any clues as to the rest of the video so there's a nice kind of contrast yes that is true it is definitely a very separate world it's shot in a, a very different manner the lighting's very 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 different the lens is almost different it's got a very kind of bright almost like sepia where like everything's kind of hyper and bright his interactions with Emma Stone are quite cool, though, and it's quite uh, sweet to see how uh, semi-natural he is with his small little Dr. McCartney role. And <laughs> and and just to, to hear Paul say, it's a bit unruly here, but uh, that's how it goes. Disorder out of order, order <laughs> out of disorder. It all gets a bit chaotic sometimes, doesn't it? Like, the joy that that gave me as a Beatle nerd fan was kind of incomparable. That, like, that was perfect for me. It's a bit unruly here. Uh, but so it goes. Disorder, out of order, order out of disorder. It all gets a bit chaotic sometimes, doesn't it? Hmm. Did you feel like the fact that she was seeing a psychiatrist was anything to do with the fact that this is like an anti-bullying anthem, supposedly? Or yeah, I, I never, I never really got that from 
the video or like you say you said I never really got it from the song to be honest with you mm -hmm. um, no I didn't I, uh, the, the kind of impression I got of, of the video was um, she was wet yeah she, she just she's, she's just there for this uh, undisclosed reason Paul's clearly sort of expecting her he's sort of like oh come in come in sit down sit down and um and then off, <laughs> off he off he goes with the with a hypnosis sort of thing. So, but no, yeah, I, I didn't really get the the anti the anti bullying thing from it. I didn't put I didn't sort of equate that with the psychiatrist visit. I'm probably reading too much into it, and it might just be one big fancy framing device. But you know what, Paul in his kind of uh, grey Grandpa McCartney Sherlock setup, it's 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 perfectly soft and kooky and. Emma Stone's... I wonder, is there, sorry, is there like a possibility that, um, you know, Paul has been known to write songs and then, you know, or, or let's just say he's, he's been accused of, in some circles, of writing songs and then you know, a, a little bit afterwards mm -hmm. uh, putting a meaning to the song that maybe might not have always been there at the start? Do, do you think that could, could be one of these instances where it's kind of like, oh, let's make it an anti-bullying thing? It would be the quickest instance of him doing it ever. Like, yeah. like <laughs> between him writing it and releasing it, he's already concocted some bullshit. Maybe that just proves how efficient he is at doing this now. You know, he can construct multi-part songs in an afternoon. He can do a Trump shout-down over a weekend. And now he's writing lore. You know, he's writing <laughs> the backstory for these songs as he goes as well. As a bullying anthem... Like, the lyrics do kind of work, but only once you're told that it's a bullying anthem. And I think that yeah. a lot of the media online and the hashtagging has a lot to do with that. Because Paul's lyrics are always so generic and applicable to anyone anyway that they do lack a bit of teeth in like really making any impact on bullying. The only time I can imagine Paul being bullied would be like from John, and that and that's a song Paul's never going to write at all. Um, yeah, the, I mean the only the only. I, I could kind of equally saw it as maybe it was again about sort of critics. Yeah. Um, something like that would, would have, would have made more sense or that would have been like the initial meaning that I got from the song. Something like um, silly, silly love songs, you know? Mm, yeah. There's a song I found today, just writing some, uh, some of the notes for an upcoming hot hits and cold cuts episode. There's a song he writes called, how do you like the lyrics? which is a very interesting little dig into how people talk about lyrics and stuff, which uh, I can't wait to talk about as well. So Paul opens up this hypnosis machine for Emma Stone and her wonderfully large eyes. And we get this psychedelic little intro through the use of this hypnosis machine. And we come on to the second portion of the video. And you know what, Matt? I'm going to let you take it away here. How would you describe the second portion of the Who Cares video? Oh, goodness me. Um, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's a kind of, I want to say it's a kind of, it's a, there's a dance element to it. Mm. And a kind of how would you describe it? Yeah, it's really difficult to actually put into words. <laughs> the kind of the, the, 
the face painting and the um it really is all over the place um just to kind of put it in into some context it's it's kind of like this weird montage that features emma stone kind of coming under attack from people paul talking to the camera emma stone and paul running away from people and then everyone dancing like it's an austin powers cutaway <laughs> yeah, that's, I did think of Austin Powers actually when I, when I saw that, and it's kind of like ab, ab, um, abstract was the word I was looking for as well. That is it's kind of like an it's kind of like an abstract art thing with a, with with a face painting and a bit of kind of stop motion animation feel to it. Very cinematic, it definitely. Yeah, like, it owed a tremendous debt to things like the German expressionist cinematic movement of the early twenties, uh, like. Pretentious as that sound, like, I saw things like the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Metropolis, Nosferatu, a lot of those very stylized black and white, stretched, almost Tim Burton esque films of early cinema. A lot of this stuff was covered in Scorsese's 2011 film Hugo, and you get a few of these Wes Anderson, George Melier vignettes, and it's very handmade. Like, it's all achieved in camera and almost feels like an edited live theatre experience. Like, if there's a background, it's people moving the trees. And if there's a car wheel spinning, it's people physically spinning an umbrella and stuff. And all the things that are happening behind Paul are people physically moving bits of cardboard and stuff. So there's a real charm and authenticity and tangibility to the whole thing. And there's a real 60s charm. And like we've just mentioned, Austin Powers, you can't help but feel like this could be on some sort of top, like top of the pops extraordinaire back in like 66 definitely yeah and you've got uh you, the, one, the thing that sort of struck me as well you know, if paul was ever to be played doctor who this this would be the outfit i think that he'd wear <laughs> in this video um i think he might have to mate i think he might have to at this rate but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole <laughs> but yeah i visually and although there wasn't really there was a kind of a bit of a story to it but out of all of them i think definitely this one is the is the standout for me, as as being the the, the best of the bunch, um, by by a probably a, a long stretch, to be honest with you. Yeah, the video looks good. Paul looks good. I love seeing him in this grey phase. He really does seem to be owning it. But outside of the novelty of of it all, which kind of has worn off on me somewhat, I cannot take away the artistry of this. Like there is definite craftsmanship and forethought and direction and proper editing going on throughout all of this there's so much detail the visuals are the shit and even though it does kind of go nowhere it does kind of keep me interested i'm, I'm like i want to see what happens next it's 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 very frenetic and kinetic and emma stone's performance is great she's moving around all over the place and she's a real sport being like having like knives thrown at her and stuff and all his bits are typically cheesy in his kind of stagecraft manner like especially when he's like clicking at the screen and pointing at the screen and stuff looking hard i'm like ah oh, paul you you <laughs> cute you cute little thing yeah i think they definitely they definitely captured him sort of well in in this video i think he you know it, it, it's a yes kind of the the a good look that sort of captures what where what he is at this stage in his career without looking like too much of an embarrassing sort of aging rock star but but still sort of relevant yeah, it's definitely it's it's a entertaining watch. I felt this was actually directed by two people in a kind of uh, Cohen brother Wachowski sibling fashion, and I think that's what kind of leads to the only negative I have about this. And this is the thing that's come up a lot in my recent podcasts on Alpha Metallica. 
hosted by my good friend Tom, where I talk about the music videos of Metallica. And it's when there's a kind of disconnect between two elements of a, of a video and the disconnect between the kind of therapy Emma and Paul stuff and the arty, who cares, actual music video, black and white stuff is a little bit jarring for me. And I feel like the only reason it boasts two directors is that each one of them kind of handled each separate thing separately. And that kind of causes a, a slight divide for me. It's not a massive... T- detraction but i guess i just wish that the video had a a little more flow to it it does feel like a short film that bumps into the the who cares video yeah i know what you mean i mean although i guess how i sort of interpret it was that she goes under this trance and leaves leaves Mm -hmm. that world if you like for that period of time and then kind of ends up back there but yeah yeah i know you're coming from yeah, but the fact that Paul's left at the end was a little. Uh... Yeah, that was weird. That 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 was a bit weird. <laughs> it's kind of like suddenly he's not there. So like, are we meant to think that it was all in her imagination or or what? Really? Uh, yeah, that's sort of unexplained. Yeah, like I just would have liked to have seen more Paul. Maybe he was just busy that day, or they just ran out of ideas. But it's a cute enough little stinger. But. When in doubt, just give us more Paul. Just give us more Paul. We will take it good and bad. Matt, do you feel like the music videos for Egypt Station lived up to the quality of the album? I know you've said that it's not an album you've had on repeat massively, but it was an album of a certain quality. Do you feel like it was matched? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd say so. Like, like the only bit of a difficult thing, I suppose, like music videos nowadays, and like they the, mean less and it yeah, has less yeah, the, and, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. So you, they're really looking for something that's going to be that's shared, I suppose. But overall, probably I was a little bit unimpressed. Are these videos obliged? Is that what it is? Are they obliged to make a set amount of videos and? Maybe this is just a result of a lack of enthusiasm for it, perhaps? Yeah, possibly. I guess that's kind of what it felt like. I mean, like I say, it's kind of a little bit hit and miss with these videos, and some of them work better than others. Especially the one for For You, I kind of felt like, well, that that to me was like, if that was going to be the, the big single, I'd have expected that one to be the one with the celebrity cameo in and... And, yeah, and, and and that kind of thing, but um, yeah, but overall, I guess it was more. Sorry, the Emma Stone one, which uh, who cares? Yes, who cares? That's one. <laughs> um, who cares? That was probably the best video I can remember from Paul for quite a while. Certainly, yeah, certainly. Yeah, so 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 it was probably worth you know just to get that out of it was probably worth it because you know he's not a necessarily an artist who you or who I associate with incredible music videos. So that one was okay. The other's probably a little bit below par for me. Overall, it's been quite passable. Who Cares kind of swooped in and saved it at the end because I was a little underwhelmed. I remember I planned this episode with you about probably six months ago now when Egypt Station was first kind of coming out with these videos, but we kept having to delay it, what with my kind of hiatus and the fact that who cares just didn't come out for absolutely ages the who cares video really missed the mark in terms of coming out with the album it did come out literally like three months after or something like that yeah definitely that would have been if that would have come out at the same time that would have been the perfect thing in my opinion to kind of market the the album promote promote the album with yeah 
unfortunately quite a bland one really i don't like doing episodes where the general tone has been lowered because obviously i love doing paul mccartney content and egypt station has delivered at least for me so much matt i would say your homework after this episode would be to go back and listen to egypt station again but yeah the fact that Paul didn't even just do two videos at the quality of Who Cares is a little bit disappointing. Maybe Back in Brazil should have been that. Maybe it was supposed to be that, but they just used tour and concert footage, like you say. Unfortunately, it it's left me kind of a little bit sour in the mouth, really. Like you say, it's just a, a sign of the times, really, that music videos don't mean as much as they used to. Less, less effort is going into them because they have less impact, especially in Paul McCartney's like demographic as well, where, you know, people like you and me, Matt, you know, quote unquote, youngish people. We are not the, uh, the regular ones. It is the people in the kind of 40 plus market that Paul is really aiming at. And a YouTube music video really isn't going to do too much with that market anyway. So I can see why there's less effort going in, but we all kind of wish we lived in the world where the quality of stuff like the 2018 white album remaster or the wildlife and red Rose speedway archive editions that if that kind of effort and care was taken with stuff like these music videos then we'd have products for the ages but we just don't have that matt do you have anything you want to say or you want to you want to plug before i start to wrap this mother up no no well the only the only thing is uh, you know i'm just I'm, I'm still a little bit jealous and a little bit bitter of, of the fact that you um not only got to see Paul, but um, got to see Ringo as well, playing with him. I've, I've, I've not really got over that. I'm sorry. Um, put me in a bad mood the rest of the day after. But... <laughs> and Ronnie Wood as well. Um, yeah, I wanted to kind of skirt past your obvious jealousy for that gig and make you look like the bigger man, but I'm glad you went there, Matt. I'm, I really am. No, it's okay. Well, look, I'm true in my heart of hearts. I'm, I'm, I was really uh, chuffed for you that you got to see a. Uh, a good show anyway yes well and very almost nearly didn't get get, uh, yeah, get to yeah. a good show i know that story was very tense and exciting and thrilling for uh, some of you adrenaline junkie heads out there will he step out onto a railing dun 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 but matt what i'm more happy with is that you uh, managed to come and talk to me about these music videos today it hasn't been the most emotionally thrilling content this is just paul plugging his stuff and we're just plugging his plugs but I'm glad that I've had a reliable Paul McCartney steady hand to discuss this this uh, content with with me. And thank you so much for coming on. I've been wanting to get you back on the show for God knows how long. And then with the hiatus of three months, that's only exacerbated that. There's going to be stuff that I'm going to be ask, a, asking you to, to do research for in the next couple of weeks. I am sure I'll be glad to have you on very, very soon. Thank you for coming on, Paul. Or nothing again, dude. Really, really. Cheers. No worries. Thanks for having me. Anytime. And there we are, folks. We are back with the pre-recorded feed. That was my fantastic little review of all of our Egypt Station music videos with Matt Phillips. Great to have him back on the show, as always. Though, I have just realised in between the recording of that and the recording of this, there is also actually a lyric video for Fur You as well. So it makes even less sense that they haven't done it for all of them. But I digress. Thank you all for listening, folks. Obviously, like I said before, we're back into making full-time content on this show again. Tug of War will be out this time next week. Can't wait for that one. We've also got Tug of War Part 2. There'll be a bonus episode of that. I'm also going to be doing for Tug of War centred around the assassination of John Lennon. 
and there's also the Grand Central Station gig review coming up as well. Keep your eyes peeled for that one. Keep your ears to the ground. Keep listening to Paul. Thank you for listening, folks. I've been Sam Wiles. Denny, I'm sure you've already been playing us out, but play us out.